0: This Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right, you bet. They cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, there is plenty of action to get in on, so head to the app now to start making it rain. Hosts, please mention any additional matchups golfers that catch your eye. I do football. I don't know diddly-squat about golfers, but... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions and odds boosts every day of this year's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover up to $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You gotta be 21 years or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Go 1-800-522-4700.
1: Oh,
0: oh, oh. Oh. That's how I describe watching Broncos football this season, Will. Uh, it is your Broncos Raiders postgame recap podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I don't know if all the money in the world could make me feel any better about the Broncos, though, uh, but make sure you use code DNVR when you sign up to get all of their exclusive offers. Um, so tonight I for went, foregone, foregoed the live stream after the game because the Bills Cardinals game was so fucking amazing. I was like, I just want to make a video about the Hail Mary here because it was awesome. So that also pushed back doing this live on YouTube. Let, it let the Raiders' loss uh, maybe have some of its sting dissipate uh, a little bit. I don't know. I have moved past the Broncos-Raiders game already mentally, emotionally. Um, but I feel like you're having a harder time dealing with the Broncos' loss as well.
1: Is that fair? Why, why do you assume that? Do I just look like it? No, because... Which I think would be fair. It, it, do, it definitely looks like I've um, had a tough time watching my team. No,
0: because you texted me after the game, do we have to? <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> that's right, that's like. fair.
1: That's fair. <laughs> I mean, talking about Sting, I wish this game did Sting more. That's the problem is, like, it's getting to that point in the season and I felt the same thing the last four years where and it happens right around week nine week ten, where the losses don't even really hurt anymore you kind of just you kind of just get numb to it, and that's the worst place to be as a fan when when all the 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 bad losses just blend together and you see the yeah. same things happening every single week, that's when it really starts to get dangerous like a you know a good painful loss is. It's good for the soul and it's good for character.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Um, what was the final score? It was 37 to 12. 37, 12. Raiders beat the Broncos 37 to 12. And it's weird because I don't expect much out of the Broncos, but I expected them to be competitive in this game, which they were for the first half. Like, they kept it close. They did so many things horribly wrong, but they were only down um, heading into halftime 10-6, to right? So you're like, okay, where they have played well, the last two games have been in the second half. Maybe they can get something going. But against a – I don't want to say the Raiders' defense is bad, but it's – It's not a defense that has caused a lot of dynamic plays, a lot of turnovers this year. It's just been – I think we described it as like vanilla in the uh, prediction episode. Drew Locke throws four fucking interceptions to the Raiders. The first two to – was it Jeff Heath? Jeff Heath. Their safety? Yep. Talk about vanilla. I mean (laughs) –
1: What's I up to my just, vanilla face? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean I think I thought I had hopes that this game was be would be competitive. I didn't think the Broncos would ultimately win because I just think that's where the team is at, and we've talked about it every week the injuries, all the other shit. Like there's a lot stacked against them. But they weren't competitive in this game. Their offense looked horrible. Drew Locke looked horrible like he has played that was maybe that was his worst game. That was his worst game. Um and you just expect to like see maybe he him do something better this week. Something better next week. Something better the and it's just like it's just been bad, bad, bad. And then two weeks he had great fourth quarters and that gives us enough hope to believe in the team and watch. And then we just get gut punched. Gut yeah, punched the way totally. Tim Patrick punched uh Isaiah Johnson's helmet and got ejected, which really sucked because it negated a pass interference penalty that maybe, maybe could have sparked a drive where the Broncos scored. There was still a chance for competition at that point. And then boom, ejected. I don't know. It's a lot to hate about this game.
1: That's how it's going this year. I mean, I, I felt like in the first half, they weren't really like, keeping it close as much as the Raiders were keeping it close. Yeah. <clears throat> you get that Hunter Renfro punt return that gets wiped out. Uh, they would have started inside the 30 on another play, if not for a special teams penalty. They, it's like they were trying to match every terrible special teams play <laughs> Denver had with uh, one of their own you know, signature Raiders penalties which, you know, I'm glad in a year where everything feels different, uh, but those penalties are still right on schedule. But starting off the first play of the goddamn game, Deontay Spencer tries to reverse his field like he's Marcus Allen in the Super Bowl and ends up even got a guy as fast as him. You can't do that in the NFL, and uh, no wonder he gets taken out on the four-yard line. So no, And then I think, um, you know, you invite a hold on plays like that too or a block in the back and, pretty senior your offense who isn't good to begin with you have them start at the two yard lines like special teams you know they're so important not just because their impact plays on them you know by themselves like you can have touchdowns or uh, turnovers whatever but they really complement the way you play offense and defense and when your offense isn't going well, you need special teams plays to, to set them up in good situations. And that makes it all the more devastating when your offense can't really move the ball or is turning the ball over. And the special team is, special teams are setting them up inside the five like three times in this game. Yeah,
0: The Broncos – Total uphill
1: battle. I, I would be willing to bet a couple records the
0: Broncos could break this year are worst starting field position <laughs> – Uh, most yards lost on first and second down and most boneheaded special teams plays. I didn't even see the the opening play of the game. Like I was working on our best and worst script. Uh, I had to go downstairs. I went to the bathroom to take a piss. I came back out and I was like, how the fuck are they on the two yard line? Like (laughs) I couldn't, I was like, "Well, I'll get on Twitter and figure it out," but I couldn't. I couldn't fathom how what you would did we end do up on the time? two-yard yeah. line. Like, I was like, "Did they fumble? Did was it like a weird squib kick that bounced past somebody?" Not uh, that would have been better. I should have guessed Deontay Spencer running backwards because we've seen him do it before, <laughs> and his greatest weakness has been fielding punts when he shouldn't. You know, within the five-yard line, uh, so he's not scared of of that touchback or that safety area or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And then we had the, there was that punt too, where uh, Devonte Harris got, got hit into. Yeah.
1: Blocked into his own guy. Yeah. Yeah. It felt blocked... like it, it's still a penalty, but yeah. I don't know. Who cares? It... it doesn't matter at this point. No,
0: it definitely does not. It was just, <laughs>
1: so, I mean,
0: going in, you know, all the mistakes, everything, like I said, they were only down by four in the second half. And then stuff – the Raiders stopped basically making mistakes and the Broncos never picked it up on offense. Like, that's what changed. Yeah. Um, the,
1: the Broncos took the Raiders' mistakes and claimed them for their own in the second half. But it really, it just felt like this game hinged on that one play and you probably know what play I'm talking about. Uh, it was the, the Drew Locke read option where he looks like he's, you know, running in the end zone for his third rushing touchdown in four games, and Noah Fant holds on the end. And a play later, Locke throws another pick to Jeff Heath, and that's a, you know, seven-point swing in a in a yeah. situation where they could have either tied or taken the lead.
0: Yeah, that, that play is where all hell broke loose. Um, that was – I've bragged about it before, but I tend to have at least one psychic moment during the Broncos games. And after the, well, once the play got flagged and the touchdown came back, in my head, I was like, this next play, they're going to try to force it in and it's going to be a disaster. (laughs) That was my thought. Like it wasn't, okay, they've got another shot here. It was just like, this is going to be bad. And I was like, fuck, you should have tweeted that but you didn't. And uh, yeah, Locke fired a bad pass where he got picked. And what what really sucks is, okay, so the, the one area I'm, I'm willing to forgive the Broncos for not playing well is in stopping the run. Okay. Yep. Because they got nobody up on that fucking D line and they did a pretty good job for a half against, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs and more importantly, Devontae Booker, Booker, uh, had like a, a ne- like Philip Lindsay had like negative rushing yard for whatever, um, and don't get me wrong, Jacobs had a touchdown. He was running the ball, but it wasn't like every play was a twelve yard run or some shit. <laughs> but by the end of the game, Jacobs finishes with one hundred and twelve rushing yards, two touchdowns, and in garbage time, Booker cranks out two touchdowns, gets finishes with eighty one yards. Uh, on on 16 carries, just to add insult to injury, and like we just mentioned in the Bills-Cardinals recap, you see I, Isaiah McKenzie throwing a touchdown pass to yep. Josh Allen. It's just, it's becoming like a, a joke to see players who, I, I'm not saying like I would want the Broncos to definitely get back on the roster, but just other teams figuring out creative ways to use guys or, or get them involved and have success with them, and I'm not going to look too much into Booker scorching the Broncos late because the game was over, but he's been good this season for the Raiders, Mm -hmm. so that stings a little bit.
1: (laughs) Well, it begs the question, like, why couldn't the Broncos figure those guys out? Because Booker was – he was pretty good as a rookie. And then, you know, for one reason or another, it just – it didn't work out, and they kind of relegated him after his second season for good reason too because – uh, Philip Lindsay takes off as a rookie, and then and then last year goes over 100 yards both seasons. It just feels like Royce Freeman's gonna play for a team like the Steelers or something next year and have a crazy like 1300 yard season.
0: Yeah, and then like barstool, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, barstool sports will make like you know three or four hundred thousand dollars selling Rolls Royce shirts. Yeah, the merch is
1: he's just so good. Exactly. It's like, oh, I feel so good after, uh, you know, saving my body last season, <laughs> not getting yeah. any carries. Awesome. It was just
0: the, the offensive effort, to just felt so blah. Like, the Broncos couldn't run the ball. And then when the game was kind of, like, out of reach, like, seeing Jerry Judy... <laughs> not get his feet in bounds on the yeah. back of the end zone on the two-point conversion. I know the throws a little late there from Drew Locke, but that's you don't do you don't do that as a wide receiver. Nobody was around him. He just stepped out right. of bounds. Just like, oh shit.
1: <sighs> yeah, it just felt like they were in one of those avalanche situations. Yeah. Where a couple things go wrong and then everything goes wrong and they don't have I don't know. They don't have an adult in the room to tell them to like calm down. Yeah. And Drew Locke doesn't have that. He doesn't have that gene yet as a quarterback to to say like, okay, that was a bad pick. I'm I'm gonna settle myself down and just take like an easy pass and and not try to get it all back on the next play because that's felt like what he was doing. I think he threw. It was either back-to-back interceptions or threw an interception to end the first half, came out with a three-and-out to start the second half, and then that pick to Carl Nassib, which was – I was just going back and seeing Carl Nassib uh, get the pick, and I thought he was going to return it for a touchdown at at a point. Yeah, they're just having flashbacks of him on hard knocks, uh, explaining finance to, to everybody else on the Browns and being like, anybody but this guy. Anybody, he,
0: the way he explained finance, like the quality of his explanation, was the quality of the Broncos' offense trying to tackle him on that play. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, "Oh God, somebody just get him! Somebody just trip him up!" And finally, he did. Um, I don't know. I think uh, Bryce Halle- Callahan played pretty good for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. He benefited from Darren Waller just dropping a surefire touchdown. But (laughs) Callahan had some nice breakups. Nelson Aguilar, uh, after I credited him for being over-criticized for a key drop, well, for drops, I said he uh, drops them in key places, and he had a touchdown drop. So, you know, some things stay true. Broncos special teams, bad. Play calling. Like, I don't even know how much to criticize Schirmer anymore at this point. But if you, if you had to blame somebody more, would you blame Shermer for the offense or Tom McMahon for
1: the special teams? Uh, I'd say special teams. Yeah, it feels... It feel like they've had a positive special teams play all season. No, and it just Aside seems like from they, Brandon McMahon is just nailing yeah. long finals, which is like totally... And even that, like McMahon's tried to ruin by not letting him kick from 58 last week.
0: Yeah. Did you, you see like McManus explain that saying like my pregame warmups for the two previous games, I wasn't great. But this last one, I was nailing them from, you know, however long. So I don't know why he thought my range wasn't there. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know.
1: It feels like they picked the worst times to let, to let him kick and not kick. Yeah, it's like expect- one time you know. Uh, Sometimes they'll like let them try it from sixty four on on dirt at the old Raiders Coliseum, and then yeah. fifty eight yards in <laughs> in the Mercedes Benz Dome. Yeah, perfect conditions. That's a you know that's a bridge too far for us.
0: Yeah, it, it just seems like the Broncos coaches uh, lack some leadership and basic football intelligence.
1: Yeah, and I thought I you know I pictured Vic Fangio when they hired him to be like this, you know, more than anything, like a presence on the sideline. And he, you know, I know this like, isn't (laughs) what makes or breaks a good coach, but yeah, exactly that. He's Mary Catherine Gallagher with his hands and his armpits. Yeah. It's like, you want like your coach to exude a little bit of confidence. Yeah. That's like part of, it's kind of like, and we're not, we're not going to get political here, but it's like a president. Right. Like the president's behavior kind of models the country's behavior and, and kind of just like their overall uh, feeling for a while. And the coach is kind of the same. Like part of it is, you know, X's and O's, and then the other half of it is uh, being a, a PR figurehead. Yeah. No, I mean, kinda, you kind of want more. You, as a,
0: if we're going to talk about Fangio, you have to take advantage of every single opportunity you have during a game to put your team in the best place to win. And I think a good example from this game uh, was when it looked like the Broncos stopped Josh Jacobs on a fourth and one rushing attempt. And then there was a holding penalty on the play. So the Broncos accepted the penalty because it looked like they thought the refs were going to give him the first down and maybe the refs, Had given him the first down. And after they accept that penalty, then instead of having that stop with like decent field position, they let the Raiders punt and the Raiders down the punt like at the five or within the five. So Vic Fangio's job in that situation is to get clarity from the refs about if they think it's a first
1: and then either
0: challenge the play, get something from your booth like it just felt like they accepted the result there Right. when it looked like to everyone that he was short. So I think maybe they win the challenge there or not, but and it, I don't know if that's all on him, but successful teams usually win those type of situations and just felt like the Broncos took a, took an L on that. Right. One.
1: Yeah. I mean like people complain about John Harbaugh always bitching to the refs. And it's like you want a coach in that situation that's gonna like totally fight tooth and nail for the right call yeah. on that play, and not be yeah. like, oh well, you know. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna say that the game is uh, won and lost in you know the death by inches motto, and not you know and not challenge there for uh, something that was a matter of inches that yeah. turns into a matter of like forty yards uh, within a play, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just like – it's poor leadership, like you said. It's uh, – I don't know. I think it creates – obviously it puts them in a bad situation as it has the last couple of weeks. Between that and the field goal they didn't try, even if they don't make it. Like you want to send the message to your guys that you're comfortable um, putting the, you know, the ball in your – best players hand or in this case foot. Yeah. So like those those mistakes it just feels like uh, it emanate, emanates from the top down and affects you know all 45 guys out there. Yeah. 46 is it 46? 46
0: guys. Sure. 49, I don't know. I don't even care.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. <sighs> Who's to say really? There's no way of knowing.
0: There's no way of knowing. But that shouldn't stop you from checking out DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 10 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 11. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of this upcoming Week 11, DraftKings is bringing back their can't-miss offer. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head over to the App Store now. Well, like, I mean, just go there through your phone. You can't really head to the App Store. You can't get in your car and drive to the app store. Not kind of cool anywhere. if you could, but you know what I'm talking about, because DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to thousand dollars when signing up using code DNBR. DraftKings has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting on betting to your favorite players, uh, parlays. They do it all. And if football's not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple, triple. H, no, wrestler. They're winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. Download DraftKings now. And use code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get the sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time Only DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21. This is for Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus require 25 times playthrough Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 25 times playthrough. That feels like how many times is going to take for the Broncos to get any plays right <laughs> on offense?
1: Pretty much. Uh, you know, at least last week there, they did have the garbage time explosion. Yeah. It makes and, it feel a little better, doesn't it? Yeah, and this week they got the garbage time flipped around on them. Yeah, they did. And sure enough, it was Devontae Booker, which yep. uh, it just feels it, – it really is insult to injury. Um, but they kind of deserve it in a way. A little bit. At least uh, we can say Jerry Judy had
0: more – Yards, then rugs. Judy 68 with four True. catches. Rugs
1: three for 31. So
0: we're still winning that race. You
1: know, it is, yeah, and we didn't have Shelby Harris out there, which no Shelby. A, having Shelby Harris out there might have prevented some of those Devontae Booker runs. And B, you know, Shelby Harris was clutch against the Raiders uh, last season. So that's kind of probably how they feel seeing yeah. Shelby Harris succeed with us uh, like we do. You know what's crazy
0: over there? Yeah. You know what's like weird though. I, what? The the Raiders win thirty seven to twelve, and if you asked me if I could have Derek Carr as the Broncos quarterback, I don't think I would take him. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like he this game, you know, he's sixteen to twenty five for hundred and fifty four yards, no touchdown passes, no interceptions though, and what? He's been doing really well this year He's playing smart, safe football. In his last three wins, he hasn't thrown for uh, more than 200 yards. And sure, winning would be nice, but I feel like I just don't want to watch that style of football anymore as a, a football fan. Not that we've had it, we've had quarterbacks throwing for 150 yards and also like, you know, three picks in that same time. But I guess I question, like, the validity of Derek Carr against really good teams. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Because we've seen him play, you know, decent oh, this yeah. year. But yeah, he I mean, plays we plays such their... a boring style of offense. Right.
1: Well, we saw, them, we saw them rise to the occasion in Kansas City and get that win. And, and Derek Carr played really, really well. Right. And we saw them not rise to the occasion at home against Tampa Bay. And it's fair to yeah, it's fair to question, you know, they're they're 6 and 3. I don't know if that's a soft 6 and 3 or, or if it's a rock hard 6 and 3, but 6 and 3 is 6 and 3.
0: Now they're a decent uh, football team like overall.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I sold, I don't have a ton of uh, speaking objectively because I don't hate the Raiders like I do other teams. Uh, I, I I question their ability to to win a playoff game.
0: Yeah, if I had to compare them, they feel like the Rams to me. Really? Yeah. In what way? In the way that they're both six and three, and you never there's know if they're gonna win or see.
1: lose a game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the Rams beat just beat the Seahawks, you know? So like they can they can win those important division games. And the Raiders right now are what three and oh in the division.
1: Beat Kansas City, beat the Chargers, the Chargers last yep. week, and then beat us this week. So yeah, they are three and Yep. Um Philip Lindsay, four carries for two yards. That's what you want. You want to get the ball uh in your in your best offensive player's hand as few times as possible. And they did a nice job of that yep. today. Yeah. So Great job there by the play callers and, and quality control. Love to see it. Love it. I'm not sure the offense was really setting up any holes for him, though. Melvin Gordon had a pretty good game, but it felt like he had to break about four tackles just yeah. to just to pick up five yards on most of those runs. No, it's probably I think what made it so impressive. Two of his, like,
0: best runs, it felt like he broke at least three tackles each time. Like, one was yeah. that sideline run, and the other was – when they were backed up on their goal line, he kind of just sprung it through the middle. And they, the announcers took, like, a nice dig on the Raiders on that first one, saying something like, the Raiders are one of the worst tackling teams in the <laughs> NFL. And Melvin Gordon, I forget.
1: What's that? Yeah, but you just want them to I, – I was, like – I kind of laughed at the people who were talking about, like, you know, Phil Lindsay needs to be the starter. Because like, who cares who starts at running back? It it really just comes down to who. It's not quarterback. It just comes down to who gets more carries. Yeah. Over the course of a game, and Philip Lindsay's like not a guy you want to give the ball to thirty times, and you have to have Melvin Gordon out there because uh, if Philip Lindsay's out there, like, the chances that they're gonna pass uh, go way down, and you're kind of tipping your hand to the defense, like the opposite of James White. So that kind of makes things uh, difficult for the offense, and it's why you know they really wanted <laughs> Philip Lindsay to acquire some some res- receiving skills over the offseason, and I think that Falcons game proved that you know, that might not have happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, I think anytime uh, your best ball carrier I'll just say ball carrier, gets the ball four times. That's a solid that's a major, major failure. And you have a yeah. quarterback who's throwing four picks, uh, throw the ball, you know, fifty plus times. That's who. That's like a that's like a Matt Nagy style game call.
0: Yeah. No, it's I just don't get it. Like I don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's, it's and the games are like they're not fun to watch. That's the thing. Not in any way.
1: Yeah. It feels like a chore,
0: um, because. If I weren't working, like, I don't care because I got to watch it to pay my bills, right? It's, we got to talk about it. So, like, I don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, poor But us. if I were
0: a normal human being, <laughs> I would be bailing on these games early
1: for oh, the totally. first time
0: in my life. So, I could probably get some yard work done or some shit around the house or just spend some time with my baby daughter. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel obligated to keep watching these games. And... The last time I kind of felt that way is when we were getting like peak Kyle Orton era. Same. Yeah. Which was like, oh man. And then, you know, Tebow came in and kind of changed that. But I saw Andrew Mason tweeted out this uh, odd stat, but it was Drew Locke has a 66.5 passer rating so far this season. Here are the QBs since 2000 who had passer ratings below 70 in their second pro season with a minimum of 200 attempts. Brody Croyle, David Carr, John Skelton, Cade McCown, J.P. Lossman, Joey Harrington, Kellen Clemens, Akili Smith.
1: Remember Brody Croyle? Did. There's some like crazy stat about Brody Corbin. Maybe it said he never won a game or that he never threw a touchdown. Oh yeah, no, he threw touchdowns. No, he
0: never kissed a girl.
1: Is that true? Oh, he was zero and ten in his career. So that was it. He just like couldn't win a game, and they thought he was gonna be thought he was gonna be a guy and picked him in the third round, eighty-fifth overall.
0: Yeah, my in confidence uh, in Drew Locke is going down every week.
1: Well it's I, maybe it's just like a sign of how poisoned my brain has become but it's almost like as bad as watching all the interceptions really at this point but to see Colin Cowherd take a victory lap oh, over a I hate take, it. like uh, over like a position he just flipped on 2 weeks ago yeah. is one of the worst parts of this seeing everybody seeing all the like the eternal pessimists on on Twitter reddit or you know in your text messages uh just take a victory lap because uh you know oh i called it he sucks (laughs) like uh, good good for you enjoy it oh you mean you called
0: it during the game where he played horrible for three quarters (laughs) yeah like i mean that's like essentially what he did was he saw some legitimate reasons why you could question drew lock, but he picked the most ridiculous one as his reason. So then he could say he looks right later. Right.
1: It would be, I'm trying to think of like
0: an equivalent. Well, it's
1: like, um, you know, (laughs) let's say like, uh, we're, we're talking about like a hypothetical like president here. And I'm, I truly mean that hypothetically, you're like, oh, I, uh, he's like, he's ugly, or he's like too short, and then he starts like a, a you know, a terrible, endless war in the Middle East. And you're like, see, I told you, <laughs> sucks. He's a bad president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not really how it works. But uh, you know, he's a very successful radio host with more money uh, than you, you or I combined. And, and oh, therefore yeah. we have to bow down to his almighty yeah. authority. Yeah. I and think it makes point,
0: like five mil a year
1: or more. Oh, oh boy. We really picked the wrong um, approach with this. Yeah. No, we'll get there. <laughs> Probably not to 5 million a year, but maybe. Well, you know what? Like, I don't want to say like all sports talk radio is bad because there are the cowards of the world, but there's also guys like Ryan Russillo, who I think have really, really like reasonable takes and have built a career on being Dan Patrick's the same way. Dan Patrick, like being one of the more rational voices in the room. Like that's his whole thing
0: is to not overreact to shit. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe that's like, it comes down to, to like listenership. And be like why you know you have to like evaluate why we're listening to those people yeah it's like we're, when we get mad at them and we like retweet them or you know they're wrong and we take a victory lap in their face like we're just we're playing into their hands and we're yeah. uh you know we're funding colin cowherd's fifth vacation home <laughs> yeah no shit so maybe let's just like you know with these guys let's let's just ignore them <laughs> it's hard yeah it's hard to do it's hard
0: because the flip side is you can get some clicks and views too by shitting on them for being so stupid
1: yeah it's a double edged sword sometimes it's and the, the best keeps
0: on giving yeah exactly but the after a certain point board. when your team refuses to be good like I'm losing any desire to counter, you know?
1: Oh, totally. Like, yeah, no, it really just – it kind of just – it renders you totally uh, flaccid as yeah, a fan.
0: Yeah, I am a flaccid kinda, Broncos like you, fan. You
1: just submit to everybody talking shit about your team. You're like, yeah, you're right. You're right. We suck. You're right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Drew Locke sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No. Okay. Great. And that's like how it's been for four years. Four years in a row, they started three and six. That's, I'll I'll say it. It's that's a that's it's a stat.
0: Good. That's a good stat. That's a good. good terrible stat. Sorry, my baby just screamed.
1: Still awake? Well, she was sleeping, but ah. sometimes, you know, she was probably reading some Colin Cowherd tweets. <laughs>
0: yeah my wife's on it i'm good the baby slept until 5 a.m last night that was the longest stretch so we might be might be getting into a sweet spot here uh i've got a lot of work between now and tuesday (laughs) i don't even know what i'm going to do for the broncos review at this point Like, I don't know if I'm going to do another reaction thing because it's a little bit easier or I just don't feel like reliving this game any way, any shape, or in any form.
1: I don't know if other people want to either. I mean, the real tragedy of this game is that there were six games in the afternoon slot, which there never are. And I think that was a concerted effort maybe on the part of the NFL to avoid the Masters. I'm not not sure why it happened or it just broke that there are a ton of West Coast games. This week, but to have to sit through that game instead of uh, Bills-Cardinals or, you know, anything else was – Bills-Cardinals,
0: Seahawks-Rams. Disaster. Uh, yeah. The only other game that was bad
1: was, you know, Bengals-Steelers, so. Yeah. It's, you know, in terms of, like, you feel like you're wasting your Sunday, you also just, like, you feel like you're wasting your football Sunday too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was happy to see that Cardinals game because it gave me, like, energy to do something productive yeah, tonight. It did.
1: it did. Uh, um, we got some time at the end there because I, I gave up on the Broncos with about five minutes to go in the game and then switched full-time to red zone, and that was uh, enough time to see the Bills drive down, take the lead, and then the Cardinals get it back. And, yeah. You know, if they did. Yeah, I mean, I was,
0: I was satisfied with that game with Josh Allen driving down the field and throwing a game winner to Diggs. I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Type up, up the Bills fans this week. And I really did not think the Cardinals had a chance to – well, I mean, there's always a chance, but I didn't think they were going to. It was less than a minute in the game, <laughs> and then, boom, you get a Hail Mary. And it looks so close to Rogers' Hail Mary. I was just going to say. In the same stadium, the same field. like Same spot of the field. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. I think the Rogers throw is a little more impressive if you watch it. Just because he, like, spins. He's also rolling to his left. And just, like, the way he, like, spins, stops and spins and throws it, falling back. And, like, the yes, kind yeah. of arc and distance that he gets on it is just – Like, you watch it, and you're like, damn, only Mahomes. (laughs) (laughs) I spoiled that part of the video, but... (laughs) No, it's fine. I
0: put that joke at a different part, but... Yeah. And then, I mean, Hopkins just going up with three dudes around him
1: and just having his hands emerge victorious. It's like... Yeah, it's like it's not even on the bills, really. It's not their fault. No. It's just just one of those cases where, the like, the... They played well. The Cardinals played well. The Cardinals just made a like an incredible play. Yeah. No, it's they it's, didn't like the Bills didn't screw up or anything. It wasn't Raheem Moore, <coughs> or it wasn't uh, that guy in uh, the Saints. It was the Diggs.
0: The best player on the team making the best play of the game, probably the best play of the year. Probably yeah, will yeah. remain the best play of the year.
1: Totally. It's just—it's nice to see a good football game, uh, at least to finish of a good football game yeah. after seeing like one of the sleepiest, uh, low T performances. Yeah, that we've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the approach we take. How low T
1: are the Broncos right now? <laughs> uh, their T levels are, uh, to quote, singer-songwriter Jackson Brown, running on empty.
0: All right, guys. Let me know if I should do a regular review or the
1: reaction review in the comments. Let us know, and we will do your bidding. We'll do it. Good night. And?
0: We keep saying good luck, but it's not on our fucking side. (laughs) It's not working. This Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, Along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered Up to $100. That's right, you bet. They cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, there is plenty of action to get in on, so head to the app now to start making it rain. Hosts, please mention any additional matchups, golfers, that catch your eye. I do football. I don't know diddly squat about golfers, but, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions and odds boosts every day of this year's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. When you sign up to get this can't-miss offer, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover up to $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 years or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Go 1-800-522-4700.